You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Warrior Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson. Fall practice has just begun, or fall camp as people call it. Either way, it's about here, and football is just right around the corner. It's less than a month away. And uh, we got some great interviews from Brian Harson and a handful of the players on this uh, Auburn football team. I'm really pumped. I've also brought along with me my buddy, Jared Davis. And uh, we're going to be discussing the fall scrimmage practice, all of this throughout this next few weeks leading up into the season. But we're just going to lead this in as practice just got started with you know, what to look forward to. And, uh, Hey, we got 25 practices to go in this next month. It's a lot of practices, a lot of, uh, um, a lot of good information that I'm sure the coaches are going to hear. And, uh, we're going to hear about some of it too. So Jared, how you doing? Practice? Are we talking about practice? practice. I feel like I've used that. I feel like I've used that one before. Um, can we officially call it fall football if the pumpkin spice latte is not yet out on the menu? I don't know. I thought that kind of symbolized <sighs> yeah. all things fall. Yeah, um, and it's like, what, 90 degrees or something right here in Atlanta? So is that fall? Uh, yeah, 90 is like 7 in the morning. It's brutal by the afternoon. It's tough. I would not want to be in pads. I don't even want to be outside, period. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I, I looked at the schedule and there's – there's some teams that play on the 28th, so we're talking three weeks away. Wow. Um, there's college football all day long that day. I don't know that any of them are worth watching, but it is college football, so I will be watching. And I did watch the um, at least the first quarter of the Hall of Fame preseason game the other night. So I'm ready, man. I'm excited. Yeah. And I think what CFL just kicked off, um, and Auburn's got some players like Nick Marshall and Ryan Davis in it. So, hey, that's already started. and. They've had some electric plays um, that I've seen some highlights of. I haven't watched any games yet, but the highlights, like football's here, and that anytime that gets, you know, I, I just get excited about it. I don't know how Ryan Davis gets himself up to go do anything anymore. Like when you run back a kick, <laughs> yeah. possibly the greatest play in the history of college football. I don't even know how Are you, you talking get about Chris Davis. Though? Oh man, you're right. Yeah, I'm yeah. terribly sorry. Forgive me. <laughs> The David and my last name's Davis. That whole thing threw me off. Yeah. Okay. Forget all that. But if Chris Davis is playing anywhere, I don't know how he gets motivated. Ryan was the uh, was he the little slot receiver we had? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was awesome, man. Yeah. His connection to uh, I think it was Jarrett Stidham at the time. Like they they were so good. And then Ryan Davis, I feel like knew how to miss guys. Like, oh. He broke it, some it, ankles it, against Alabama. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, 2017 for sure. He was a huge part of that success in 2017. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, but, Jerry, let's talk about this this year and uh, talk about some of the things that we got from this. Uh, a few of the key things that I picked up, so 25 practices, and uh, NCAA brought in a new rule where only nine of those 25 practices can be helmet and pats. So, you know, full contact, hitting hard. Um, there can be other practices as well. I think with like shells and that kind of stuff where you don't have all of your pads, but I think that that's a interesting change that the NCAA did. I think probably more for player safety, uh, less 
potential that I think one of the pros is less potential for injuries because of that, uh, which, you know, I feel like that's one of the worst things when you hear during full fall practice, like these players have been you know, getting excited and they get injured right before the season. So I'm hoping that cuts down on some of those injuries. It's yet to be seen if that'll play an effect, but I think that that's an interesting move by the NCAA, and now all teams are having to abide by that. And uh, one of the concerns I do have of you know, less contact during practices is how much that'll play into the first you know game or two, where you feel like you got to come out swinging, you got to hit hard in those first few games, even if it's a you know Akron State or you know not Akron State or Alabama State, you know it's like you still have to play hard and. That's going to be something yet to be seen. Uh, I know it's a new coaching staff. You know, p- players are going to want to prove themselves, but it's it's a different level. Like you got to come out there ready to go. Um, something else that I thought was kind of interesting that, uh, and I I was trying to look at themes over what Harson said and what some of the players said. And Jared, I want to get some of your feedback on these things because as we're listening to Harson have more interviews and more conferences and hearing more from the players in particular. I feel like I'm learning more about the team and what Harson is uh, bringing and changing about Auburn football's culture Um, in a positive way. I think one of the things is consistency and he said it, players have said it. Consistency is a big thing. You know, doing the same thing that you're supposed to every single time. Uh, The second thing that I thought of, um, and players have said this. Coach Harson has said this as well. Being detailed and knowing what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it, and the small details of all of that, which I think is again a positive thing. You you need to be very detailed when it comes to football. You know, when you're one on one, know what you're supposed to do, line up in the correct spots, that kind of stuff. Uh, the third thing that I got, and this was something that I feel like is kind of new. But I guess it makes sense as you're getting closer to the season is the players and Coach Harson are very focused. And being focused when you're coming into a football season is very key. Um, so I'm very excited to see how those you know, consistency, detailed, and focus-oriented aspects of what the players and you know, the coaches are kind of teaching, how that you know, transfers into what product we see on the field. Jared, any thoughts on those and kind of what the players and coaches have been saying about those uh, characteristics about what this football team is becoming? Yeah, I mean, you know, they're saying all the right things and those are, you know, those are the things you need to master to be successful. You got to be very detail oriented. Um, And he's got a track record of proving that it just happens to be, you know, out at Boise and nothing against Boise, but the competition week in and week out is not the same. So you want to say, hey, you know, I totally, totally buy into this process and it's without a doubt going to work. And I do think it is going to work. You just don't know. Um, I mean, I, I if I correct me if I'm wrong, AJ, I think he currently is the third uh, winning, act, winningest active coach out there percentage wise. Um, and that gives you a confidence with his process. But again, until we got a season under our belt, you're going to keep saying, yeah, but it was Boise state. So, um, but I, but he's saying all the right things. Look, I really liked Gus. I just think 
you know, there were times where I'm not even saying we weren't detailed with that. I just felt like it was a, a shorter list of details. I think it was a smaller, um, potentially like route running, for example. Mm. Um, they might have been very detailed in it, so to speak, but it just wasn't a lot of detail there. Um, they might have known what to do. There just wasn't much to do, if, if you get my drift. So I think this is going to be more complex, more of a, essentially probably more of a transfer to pro type playbook we're going to be dealing with. And we have two guys that, you know, know what they're doing as far as quarterbacks, for sure, with Bobo and Harson. So I'm excited, man. I know that you got all these clips of this is what we're looking at. This is what a player's doing. This is our focus, culture, details, and all that. Um, we won't know, you know, until middle of the year. But I, I do believe there is something to it. And I'm excited. Yeah, same here. And And I like your kind of analogy, too. Because I think Gus was a detailed person. It was just way more simplified it was you do these three things very well and you do them over and over and over and i think harson's is going to be you know these seven things you know these 10 things and do them consistently over and over and over um and knowing those things in a detailed way is important knowing and i think that's a good you know comparison to what gus did with his system and what bobo's trying to do with this multiple offense my well, very, and defensive too, too. Defense too. My very limited understanding of playbooks, which is basically EA Sports. That's it. <laughs> um, my understanding is Gus basically said, "Hey, like this is the play. You do it no matter what. Like this is your route. You do it no matter what." I think if I'm understanding, reading between the lines for the past you know eight months or so with Harson, it's going to be more of a deal of like, "Hey, if you see the defense give you this option." We have trained you well enough for you know this is what you do instead. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be the difference. Now, that's tough to trust college kids to do that, especially when you haven't had a full full year to implement playbooks. But I think that's also going to be what we're going to see from Bo Nix. Hey, we may see more checkoffs at the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, and that doesn't mean we're not going to look over at the coaches, but I just feel like it's going to be, hey, uh, you're right, there's seven options versus two. And, and we're not just going to put square peg around hole. If you see the defense give you this option, check out to it. Here's what we're doing. Everybody knows what to do now. Right. And and that's what I'm hoping because, you know, Harson was asked specifically about, you know, how is Bobo and you know, his offense, you know, what he's had, how are they going to mesh? And uh, he didn't necessarily give us a straight answer, but based on what the players said, I think that the key word here is downhill. Because that's the key word that Shivers and both Tank Bigsby had said. And uh, I, I think that'll be a good way to start out with the inexperience of our wide receivers. You, you got to start out that way, downhill. And as we get comfortable and the wide receivers get more, you know, touches of the ball, that, that'll, you know, make Auburn's uh, offense maybe less downhill and a little bit more air raid, a little bit, not a crazy air raid or anything, not like, Oh, what's his face? Mike Leach's <laughs> crazy air raid <laughs> offense. But you know what I mean? Like more passing involved with it that's downfield and not just a little, you know, screen here or, you know, a pass out of the backfield to a wide receiver, you know, something like that. But I, I'm hoping that the meshing, and, and this is what they were, they were talking about. I mean, the meshing of their offenses sounds like they, they both like Bobo and Harson kind of like where it's going to head especially with the experience of both Tank Bigsby, Shivers, and, and you guys like Jarquez Hunter and Jordan, uh, there's going to be guys that can take the load 
and uh, help them out. And I think that also comes back to offensive line and what you know the the players that are, we have. What I think eight guys that have starting time uh, coming back this year. So you know, have they gelled all together with a lot of the injuries and you know, stuff last year? It was kind of hard to do, but they've had a, a now a full off season. So I think that'll help with the offensive how how the offense will look now. I mean, Jared, what what's kind of your thought process on the offensive line and how that'll help uh, with this offense and what it's going to look like? Um, well, real quick, I want to say I think I saw a stat where Bo Nix is tied with his dad, Pat Nix, for passing yards. I wow. think that's which is kind of amazing that down to the exact yardage. I would be okay if they were still tied at the end of the year and Bo being our starter. That means we run the ball the entire game. Um, <laughs> But uh, no, I'm joking a little bit, but I do think that's our strength. As far as offensive line goes, I don't know. I mean, I really do feel like up until probably the last three games, they were hitting their stride. We were doing okay. And then I think we lost a couple of key starters. And um, I still go back to the fact that, you know, last year, as far as man for man lining up, A&M was about as solid as it comes. And we were controlling that game going into the fourth quarter. So you know, I, I I mean, Bama was on just a different level. That was silly. But from a, all right, let's line up, you know, smash mouth football. A&M was a good litmus test. Mm-hmm. We, we, we rose to the challenge for three quarters. And that was even with a, with a hampered offensive line. So yeah. I think we're going to be okay, man. I really do. I mean, we're not going to win a national championship, but I think that, I think we're going to be kind of surprised at, at how well we do with the O-line running the ball still think our biggest question mark is, you know, has Bo figured out the, has Bo figured out the basics? We know he can do the crazy throws. Has he, has he mastered the basic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of back to the offensive line. Like I think the, the main guys that are looking like they'll probably be the starting lineup. You got Alex Troxel, uh, Manning, Nick Brahms, uh, Council and Bradarius Ham. So I think, I, I think those five guys you may not have heard their names before, but they have been consistent uh, starters at some point uh, in the last you know, few years. So I feel like having those guys kind of as our they played together before, that'll help the run game. And I think it'll give Bo some more confidence when it comes to how much time he's got in the pocket to throw the ball when he needs to. Didn't you say Brom was on a like a first team All SEC yeah. watch list or something? That that one went right over my head. I did not realize that until I was looking him up. But yeah, he's he was first team or preseason All SEC team. So I mean, he's getting some recognition. I mean, literally in the SEC, he was looked at as the number one center. And I mean, he's a smart guy. I mean, he you think he had an internship with Delta? Like he's a smart guy and for the most part, I didn't have any issues with them last year. So I think it was just the overall offensive line having issues with guys getting injured and all that. So I don't know. I I think it's kind of interesting that they're, they're going to, that he was on a list, but at the same time, he's, he's also been here. He's a senior. He's, uh, he's been around the block a few times and now he's ready to lead this team. Um, so from that aspect, it doesn't shock me as much. Good for him. Hopefully, 
Hopefully he finishes the year on the first team all SEC list. That that would be incredible. That if he's first team all SEC all SEC by the end of it, I I'm gonna guess we finish top two or three in the SEC. Like we we had a really good season that year. I like it. Hey Auburn fans, I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network Booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, E2Cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Another thing that I want to talk about was our running back situation. So I mentioned you know our running back scheme, and this is something Shivers and Tank both said was they wanted like it's going to be a downhill offense. You know, hit the gap hard and uh, not sit behind the line of scrimmage, kind of wait around, see what happens. No, just hit the hole, go for it, push forward. And uh, one of, one of the other things that I thought this was kind of interesting that tank said was he's gained some extra weight. I think he's almost up to one ninety, Um, but for a guy who's like five, five, that's, that's some pretty hefty weight for a, for a guy of that height. And uh, that, he said, I, "I love it." He said something to the extent of, "Like, uh, yeah, I've gained some weight, but uh, I haven't lost any of my speed." He was like, "No, that's God-given talent." And I was like, "That's <laughs> awesome." That's what Shaver said. Yeah, that's I funny. Love I love it. Um, but a couple other guys that definitely have gotten some notoriety uh, is Dark West Hunter and Jordan Ingram. Um, I wanted to get your your feedback, Jared. What what do you think about these kind of you know, next up behind Tank and Shivers. What do you think about Jarquez and Jordan? I, I'm totally honest with you. Would be surprised if Jarquez isn't technically our second most productive running back. I, you know, it's going to be Shivers. I mean, they're not going to. I mean, he just from a leadership standpoint will probably always be listed as the second running back. But I just think from what I'm hearing, Jarquez has a lot of natural ability. I love Shivers, but um, I just think it's going to be uh, that's how it's going to end at the end of the year. Although Shivers came out and said Jordan Ingram um, reminds him a lot of Carry On, and where he's very patient, and then when he sees the hole, he hits it hard. So you know when you start comparing someone to Carry On, yeah, no, that gets me excited too. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I realize that that's just one aspect of Carry On's game, but I mean that guy was. I mean, we just rode him 2017. That was. If he's anywhere like that, that will be 
nice to have him as the fourth option. Um, and we might have, you know, we were all panicking at the end of last year when we lost running backs, and, and we might be in a pretty good spot right now, honestly. Yeah, I mean, we, we I think we have a solid three, if not four, deep in the running back room. Of course, I'd love to have more, but I think three to four right now is a good spot to be at uh, coming into this year where, you know, like you said, last year we were struggling with depth. Um, also, another thing I wanted to mention was our wide receivers. And uh, Harson was asked about consistency, you know, and one of the things about wide receivers is they need to be consistent. And, and what I mean by that is wide receivers – they do a lot of things. They do a lot of blocking. They do a lot of running around. Uh, they need to know exactly where they're at at every point in the game, every point of the play, know exactly where you're at. And there, there's a mindset that needs to be uh, activated for that to be consistent every single play. And it, it helps wide receivers. It helps everybody on the team. If you're consistent with what you're doing, especially at wide receiver, you can be a big asset to this team. Um, and you'll be rewarded. Uh, you'll be rewarded with some great passes. You'll, you'll be the one that's getting open and making the touchdown catches. Like it's going to happen. And, uh, so that's something that Harson was talking about, especially these young wide receivers is make sure you're, you have consistency. So, um, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the, the product of that. Um, and starting to see some of the growth that comes from, what we saw in a day where, you know, it, it kind of was hard to watch some of the wide receiver game. And <laughs> now we need to get up to a level. I know. Yeah. We lost Seth Williams. Yeah. We lost Anthony Schwartz. Yeah. We lost Eli Stove last year, but there's gotta be guys that step up. There have to be for us to be a well-rounded team. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, Elijah Canyon or Kobe Hudson, or even, you know, the guy that's just transferred and, uh, you know, now arrived on campus, Demetrius uh, Robertson from the Georgia uh, transfer. I hope at least one or two of those guys really step up this year and uh, become leaders of that wide receiver room. Yeah, I mean, the the potential obvious guy to be, maybe be a leader from on the field perspective, I guess, would be Robertson if he can you know, I don't know, we're coming in pretty late here, but if he can get um, get acquainted and he's got, you know, he was at Cal, he was, I think, first or freshman All-American out there, mm-hmm. spent some time at Georgia, so he knows the college game. I mean, we got a bunch of young guys. I think we got some young guys that are talented. I mean, we, we don't give, uh, you know, we don't give Cody Burns enough credit for what he did, especially with the, the reputation that was out there of, of how we don't pass the ball and run certain routes. So we got some four-star guys. They're just young. So, um, yeah, we definitely need to see consistency without a doubt. That's going to be key, and that's probably what Harsons is going to look for, and that's one of, that's what's going to keep you out there on the field. Yeah, I, th- I think so as well. Um, and the guys that consistently, I mean, the number one thing, catch the ball um, as a wide receiver. Um, if you can do that, you're going to get more play time out there. Um, let's also talk about some of the defensive items that, uh, were brought up. So one of the things, you know, we're switching to a Derek Mason defense and, uh, the good thing that I saw and have heard from a lot of the players, because anytime you change over coaches, you're kind of worried, you know, how are the players going to react to it? How are they going to be able to learn the new system? And 
from what a lot of the players have been saying, it's very similar to what Kevin Steele has done, which a lot of the players, especially the veterans, they know what Kevin Steele's defense was. And Kevin's defense was a pretty solid defense. And now having Derek Mason come in, that the similarities are still there. Yeah, we're going to line up a little bit differently, but the similarities are close enough that it's not this, oh, wow, what are we doing here? It's, oh, you make this small tweak to where you line up and you do pretty much the same thing. That's, that's what I like about it. Um, and I'm hoping to see the product on the field not be a drop off from, you know, the years that we've had under Kevin still as our defensive coordinator. Uh, Jared, what do you think about, you know, Derek Mason and what, what, what he's doing with this defense? I, you know, I keep being told he's, you know, he's a great asset and he was a great hire and I truly think he is. Um, I do think we have limited, you know, we have limited tape. I mean, he was at Stanford D coordinator there for only a few years. And then I think he got the Vanderbilt job. It's really just his energy, uh, to me that, I, that excites me. Um, and, and listening to the players talk, I mean, I think Colby Wooden's talking about how he's got him flying around. Mm-hmm. He said he's got guy that, you know, he's basically setting it up to where, you know, you're going to have T.D. Moultrie and these guys coming off the edge. He's like, we're going to have a lot more sacks this year. This is Colby Wooden talking. So I think that, you know, I think the energy that he brings, I think we got a young energy, energetic staff pretty much all in all. I mean, we got a young guy coaching the D-line. We got a young guy coaching the uh, safeties secondary so um I, I think we'll be ready mentally i think we'll be ready with our energy um and you know only thing we know only thing we've heard about Derek is that he knows how to coach defenses so at that point that's the scheme too so we should check all three off yeah i definitely think so and i i think it's it seems to be because if i was Derek mason head coach or you know ceo transitioning to a you're just focusing on defense. That's it. It would take me a minute to switch back. And it sounds like Derek Mason has jumped, you know, feet first into this and ready to go. He wants to uh, be the next defensive, you know, best defensive coordinator in, in this league. And uh, when that happens, he's probably going to get plucked up. <laughs> and I think that's the inevitable. Like he'll get another head coaching gig somewhere else after, you know, a year or two. And and that's another thing I, I think it's kind of nice is Derek Mason isn't you know completely throwing the defensive playbook out. He's saying, "Hey, this is my playbook. This is what we do. It's similar to what you've done in the past." And so you know, in a few years, when I think Derek Mason probably leaves to go to you know a, a head coaching gig somewhere else, I, I'm hoping that the transition after that point will be good. Um, and that's, you know, two, three, four years down the road, depending on how well Derek Mason does, um, as a defensive coordinator. Um, one other thing, and, and this has, you know, been buzzing around on, you know, message boards, Twitter about what, what's happening with Tyrone Truesdell, because there, there's word on him potentially he's already left the team or he's going to be leaving the team. Uh, and, and the rumor is more of, that it's a family reason that he's leaving the team. Um, we have no official any statements of from Tyrone or the team or coaches um, about this. So I just think it's if he is leaving the team, then we are going to have to step up on defensive line because he, as I think it was a fourth or fifth year senior, mm-hmm. 
he he was going to be a a solid defensive line guy for us and and to not have him (laughs) it'll hurt a little but i'm glad we were able to pick up some guys like tony fair that adds some depth to our defensive line that have experience um playing d1 college football um so jared any thoughts on tyrone potentially leaving the team if he's not already left the team um i don't know any i don't know enough about it i've heard the rumors you have that uh Actually, all I've heard right now is that he's not listed on the roster, and I guess that's what started the rumors, um, so the preseason roster. So I, I don't know what's going on. Uh, I think he was a fifth year. I think he was utilizing that COVID exemption where last year didn't count. That's the only reason he was able to even come back. Um, yes, I mean, it's a he's a big body that we got to try to replace. Um, I mean, on the one hand, if, you know, if you're – if your only option is to come back for a fifth year, you know, uh, I don't I don't know his stats to know how much he was helping us last year, but he is a big guy. Leadership-wise would have probably been a huge help. And you're right, we got the Tony Fair that came in. Um, I don't know if that opens up more room for J.J. Pegues. I'm not sure mm. position-wise as to, you know, what those two play in comparison, but maybe that opens up J.J. to where J.J. wouldn't have gotten it because, hey, that guy's a fifth-year senior, sit back down. No, now we have to give you a shot, and maybe you're a freak of nature, which we've already proven he is. But <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I mean, the dude can hurdle guys and yeah, 360 do spin hurdle. moves. Yeah, I mean, he's a freak of nature. <laughs> yeah, what? Maybe he, uh, maybe he gets his chance. You know, you never know. Next man up. I mean, I think that's really going to be Harson's mentality as well. I know everybody preaches it, but I think that's going to be the culture. Like, listen, next man up. You gotta. I mean, this is your time to shine. Go make it happen. So. We'll see. But you don't want to be losing any guys. I mean, let's just be honest. You don't want to lose any guys. But And if it's family reasons, you know, I hope the best for him and his family. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, definitely. And and I'm sure as uh, the next week or so progresses, we'll probably hear more about it and uh, see what actually, you know, was it a family reason or was it something else? Um and uh, one other thing, and, and I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this, because Harson was asked about Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC. We've discussed this before, but <laughs> I loved Harson's response. He said, so, so when's this happening? And the reporter was like, uh, it's uh, 2025. And Harson, yeah, you could tell right out of his mouth, like he was ready to get some you know, snarky, sarcastic response out. And he kind of like, he kind of, you know, reined it in a little bit, but uh, he he pretty much was like, yeah, we're focused on like the current items, you know, things we're working on right now. That's years down the road. I'm not worrying about it. And, you know, that's the right response, especially football season is literally a month away and something's five, you know, four or five years down the road. He's like, yeah, we're not worrying about that yet <laughs> at all. He's more focused about getting that Bo Nix coupon at Bojangles. He's like, I want to know how I get that. That's the here and now, okay? Hey, but, and then maybe some Milo's too. Give hey. me a Milo sweet tea and a Bo, J- Bo Nix uh, uh, raid at the Bo- at Bojangles. Ooh, that's yeah, a deal. I, I think, um, you know, I think that's his mentality. I think, you know, I, was it Kyle? You were telling me, I think Kyle, who, who heads this whole podcast up for people that don't know, had kind of likened uh, Harson to a nicer Nick Saban. Is that correct? Is that what he was saying? Yeah, yeah. And this was on one of the YouTube lives I was watching that Kyle did. Or a funnier and, Nick Saban, sorry, funnier. Yeah, kind of funnier, snarkier, like uh, not as, uh, 
what, what's the rigid, word? Rigid, maybe not as like. Um... Yeah, something. I mean, and you know what? I mean, we all talk about Saban as much as we're on the other side of the state as as Saban. We we you know, see his leadership and what he's done at Alabama, and to some level, we want some of that consistent con- success that Saban has. And that's, you know, coming from a huge Auburn fan like myself. And Auburn's had their success. It's just been, you know, spurts. Like, we'll get 2010, 2013, 2017. And even, you know, some extent, like, decent in even 2019. It wasn't the best season, but it was a freshman Bo Nix. And, like, what do you expect? Like, you had some spurts of, like, really awesome things. And yet, we are, are always kind of, like, all right, we're looking at Saban. What's he doing? And I think Nick Saban's personality is kind of similar to Brian Harson's. And I, I, I think I agree with what Kyle was saying on the YouTube live. Is it, it's, it's you know, just we're we're doing things. We're focused. We're detailed. We're doing this. Next man up. You know those kinds of things. And I, I think Harson. Yeah, we probably didn't get to see that because he was at Boise State. But I think we're starting to see some of that, some of those aspects that I think Alan Green probably looked at and said, you know what, Auburn fans are always wanting, you know, what who's going to be the next guy that's going to be the next Nick Saban or Dabo Sweeney, and I, I'm thinking that that's part of the reason that we ended up going with Harson. Yeah, and I, you know, I go back to my at the beginning of the podcast i mean look i think harson has kind of proven that it's just been at a smaller level so you know can he can he replicate that here i i think uh i mean look we're not kidding ourselves we're not trying to say he's at the level of nick saban success wise but he has some character traits that probably are going to that that mimic nick saban and are probably going to help auburn football and he also happens just to come across a little more likable. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, if if um, if you can mix those two, then you know he'll be a huge success. Um, so yeah, I I do agree with Kyle in that regard. I do see several characteristics that are similar, and um, you know, we won't know though. I mean, we're going to find out in about four weeks a little bit, but we won't know fully until you know, you know, four months down the road. So. It'll be a fun ride. Hopefully, we'll have some success and, um, you know, just uh, get this thing rolling. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Jared and I have uh, plans for doing some off-season stuff leading up into the season. We're going to do our regular season preview uh, and uh, got some other topics as well. So uh, stay tuned for those as, uh, you know, football season is ramping up. Uh, we will get you some awesome conversations to talk about at the water cooler uh, with some of your your coworkers. Everybody's uh, working at home, AJ. So what are we? But, what? So you're you, know, you can't share a water cooler anymore. Oh, dang it. So what is the new analogy over a uh, Zoom I, session? I, I don't know. Yeah, your Zoom session. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, just messing with you. Yeah, no problem. Um, Jared, any other final thoughts before we get out of here? No, just excited and ready to get it going. Need a little cooler weather, and, but you know, but we're it's it's about here, everybody. We're like I said, three weeks away from live college football, so hmm. I'm excited. It's crazy, crazy. It is so crazy to be that close to some live college football, and uh, and just to think, it's a regular, you know, quote unquote regular off season, a regular season this year instead of doing all conference game. 
it's kind of nice to get back to you know, the quote-unquote normal football schedule, at least. Yeah, I mean, it's got that feel. I realize that things are still going on uh, in, in the world in the pandemic, but it definitely appears that they are moving forward in a normal fashion. And, um, you know, from a spectator standpoint, that definitely is exciting because it gives you that feel of, okay, this is what I've grown up loving, you know? Right, exactly. Um, no, I mean, I did appreciate the, the super hard competition of doing 10 SEC games. That's a tough That's a tough go at it. Like, you're, you're, you're going at it every week. There, there's not really a team that you can really overlook because it's the SEC and it's just tough competition. But uh, before we get out of here, Jared, uh, how can the people stay in touch with you? You can find me on Facebook at Jer- just under my name, Jared Davis. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y, J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.